episode 51 slam city guys it's raymond mori here mr mac on this uh i don't know the weather seems like it's kind of good now it's a, today's a good day we got a good guest today's a good day yeah we some good sports stuff I'm, I'm happy yeah we got a good guest and, and sunny outside for sure got a good guest today also gonna talk about about the nba and his offseason stuff with Kyrie irving of course after that but you know i want to introduce a guy who if you remember him he was on the north carolina 2005 team with Raymond Felton, Sean May, uh, Marvin Williams, that group that won a championship. He was yes, in the sir. he was in the NBA, and he's also in the big three. His name is Rashawn McCants. You can follow him on Instagram at Rashawn McCants hashtag Do Your Part, which is also one of his collections. But we'll talk to him more about this right now. Uh, um, Mr. McCants, it's Raymond and Mr. Uh, Mac. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How you guys doing? Thanks for having. Me. Good. Um, you know, first off, I, I wanted to oh, I wanted to ask you this because I feel like everybody else has asked you this probably. Um, do you believe in this whole Kardashian curse that people have apparently with these <laughs> players? Because apparently that's becoming a trend. Even even this finals with Tristan Thompson, this and that. Like, do you believe in that stuff? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I think it's a, I think it exists in everybody's mind, man. I think it's just a. The Kardashians have a curse of our mind. We give them all our attention, man, and they give us entertainment in between. So uh, it's all fun and games, man. It's just, you know, we just dab at it a little bit. But it might be real. It might be real. It looks real. Okay, hold on. I, I got a question. This is Mr. Meg. Are you, are you married, bro? No. Okay, so we got to be careful asking him stuff like this because he could fall victim to the Kardashian. Uh, they might, one of them might swoop in and try and scoop him up, bro. You got to be careful. He start draining too many buckets. Next thing you know, they at his doorstep. Oh man, they been far away from me. They know better. Than that. <laughs> All right, so you know, before we get into the NBA and Big Three, I want to talk to you about your college career. You know, you had a great career in North Carolina. I remember you from. The Raymond Felton year with you know with Sean May and Mar Williams, like I said before, in 2005 when you guys won the championship. What was that whole experience like, winning and, and you know being part of that tradition, of North Carolina? Uh it was a, it was a thrill back then, man. Years ago, but it was um it was something magical, special. Every athlete in college dreams of being in a situation where they can win the championship, and we we were able to do that. Um, are you still in contact with Felton and, and May and those guys? No, man. This this years ago, man. I've definitely moved on. Life. I lived in Los Angeles, so uh, we're just moving on, man. Keeping it pushing with the Big Three. Yeah, and, and that's interesting league. You know, um, getting into the Big Three. Um, what was it like being drafted? You know, the first person out of out of this whole uh, draft for for the league. It felt good, man. It felt uh, like I got a lot of appreciation from my, my teammates and my peers who, who picked me number one. They thought that I I had enough talent to help them win, and uh, our team is now undefeated. So uh, we we were able to cover our bases on, on being able to have a good number one pick and be able to, being able to be undefeated. There's, there's got to be an extra piece of satisfaction knowing that when it comes to the big three, you're drafted number one by basically a group of all ball players, as opposed to executives who have never played the game or executives who strictly go by analytics or, you know, they, they're strictly doing numbers. You got chosen by a bunch of guys who know what it is to, to be on the hardwood, to get baskets and, and know what it is to be on a winning team. Man, um, that's a great point you made, man. And it's, uh, it should be a, a, talk, a talking point at some at some point when it comes to uh, being picked by your peers and um, and having actual players understand the game and know what they need to win and I think that's what that's what the big three is all about is having the players have more say in what they do business wise what they do with their team and, and how how we win how we decide that we want to win. Well, see now that that's a great that's a great perspective to have and that could swing us directly into this whole Kyrie Irving thing because he's making his own decisions. You know, some people are villainizing him. Some people are saying he's doing the right thing. Uh, some people saying he's, a you know, he's being a brat. He's, he's messing up the team. What what are your opinions on something like that from a guy who plays the game and, you know, you're, you're on the inside looking in? What does it look like to you? Well, I mean, the thing that is most important about society today is that people hate change. 
people hate things that change, and I think the dynamic of business and NBA is changing. Um, you you got this super team um, trend going on, and then you got guys like Kyrie who just want to do his own thing. He's won a championship. Um, it, it's just one of those things where people people are always going to have something to say. But I actually like the Kyrie, you know, going away from the super team grind and saying he wants his own thing. He want to do his own. He want to build his own kingdom. He don't want you know anybody coming in trying to chime in on his success. And that's just the way that the league is going towards that way now. It's like guys like Kyrie will be the villain, and guys like Durant, guys like Jimmy Butler, and guys like uh, Paul George will look like heroes because they're leaving their kingdoms to go join up to chase a ring. And I don't think Kyrie needs to do that. Do you think that you know when you were playing in the league, especially in two thousand five, two thousand nine, like you were? You saw LeBron, like, basically those four years. Did you ever expect them to be this great or expect them to do this thing where now you just have all these super teams and he kind of started now and now it's almost like his creation is going against him now? You ever saw that coming? Uh, I think you could have seen it coming. I mean, because uh, when LeBron came into the league, they were passing him the torch already simply because a lot of the, the, the super guards of that era were, were winding down. So... Um, LeBron now that he has the torch, you know, it looked like so much has went his way because he's been able to be in control of, you know, who plays on his team and where he can go. And now it's kind of, it is kind of biting him in the butt right now because he's complaining about Golden State having all these pieces. And he's been to Miami and Cleveland. He's been able to buy different pieces and switch different players and he still can't get the wins that he wants. So, it's just difficult. I don't even think that's a, a, a really fair comparison. Golden State doesn't have a bunch of number one uh, draft picks or, you know, nope. guys who were nope. super, super, uh, you know, sought after when they came into the league. Golden State doesn't have that. They just got a bunch of players and they became what they became through development, but they didn't get a bunch of mercenaries. Yep. Yep, yep. I, that's been my argument the whole time is everyone's complaining about Golden State being the super team. And I'm saying, man, these guys are just smart. They know how to build a team. And I think that they leave a lot of the imagination to the players. They they get advice to the players about who they want to play with. And that makes, that makes a difference. Why do you think, though, that suddenly now players have to team up against Golden State knowing that because I've always been a believer, like, you know, you can have all these all-stars together, but at the end of the day, it's about the chemistry and it's about sacrificing. But why do you think they're starting to do this now, knowing that it's probably not going to be enough to beat this team right now? Hey, man, I think it's more about upbringing, man. These guys don't have any backbone. They don't know Woo! what it is. They really compete. They don't know what it is to really compete, man. I mean, it takes a certain type of competitor to just want to build on your own team and have your own players and be responsible for taking it all the way to the championship. Nowadays, you got guys taking the easy way out, man. They just want to go play with their best friends and they want to they want to not put in as much work as is, is needed. The guys like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan put in and, and it's just, uh, man, it's different, man. It's just not something that a lot of people want to see nowadays. I don't want to see a bunch of guys playing a, a, Olympic-style basketball in the NBA. Do you believe the I've I've had me and me and Ray have gone back and forth with this for a while. I'm not sure where he stands these days, but do you think the league is softer now than it than it was before? Like when, we, when you talk about Kobe, I always compare Kobe Bryant to like, for me, he's he's like Usher. You know, he he was he was he came out in a time where there were a whole bunch of giants running around, and he stuck to that way of playing basketball at '90s you know, way of method of playing basketball. And now like the league is where it is under, under what we could call a LeBron era. Do you feel a LeBron era is like overall just softer dudes jumping to go play with other people and, and all this other stuff? What do you think? It is, it is. It becomes, it becomes a lot softer because it's all about stats now. It's not, it's not about skills. It's not about um, experience. It's just about status, and it's about um, rings. And when you have 
that mentality, guys are going to do what it takes to chase the ring because it's going to give them a certain status. So mm -hmm. you don't have guys playing hard or wanting to compete against the best players. You're finding guys looking for the easiest way possible to get a ring so that they're in the conversation when it comes down to Shaq and Charles discussing top five, top ten. Well, Carmelo's chasing his ring. Once he gets the ring, we're going to put him in the top ten. Until then, he's left out of the top 50. Do you think uh, – I mean, okay, let's talk about Melo. <laughs> he's basically got to leave – what do you think of that entire situation, everything he went through? I think Melo should have stayed in Denver where he was – where he belonged, man. If they loved him, he, he had a great stint there. The moment he went to New York, everything fell apart, man. And um, it looks like it's going to get worse by the minute now that he's chasing the ring. And everybody's kind of forgetting about what he's done for the league so far. He needs to go somewhere where he can win right away, and then he can still be seen as a, as a cornerstone of a franchise still. What team would you put him on if you had the choice? Man, uh, if I had the choice, I'd keep Melo where he is, man. I'd just tell him to work it out. Um, but the way it's looking, he's going to either go to Houston or uh, – Clippers, I would say uh, Houston would be his best bet if he wants to win right away. Uh, but it just it just doesn't make sense. They're still not going to beat the Warriors. You see, you see any scenario of him of him being the Cleveland unless he's willing to waive that no trade clause? Because the way I see it, if if I'm the Knicks management, I would just tell him straight up like, if you don't want to go to Cleveland, you're not playing for a whole year with us, basically. So you'd be wasting a year. You think they're gonna do something like that to persuade him to go to Cleveland and play with LeBron? They could. I think that's something in the works. But like I said before, like Carmelo Anthony going to play underneath LeBron James would be bad for his legacy. Since they came mm. in as competitors, you came in as competitors, and some people still think he's better than LeBron. Some guys like me, and when it comes to skill, I think he's better than LeBron. Um, but otherwise, if he goes to play for LeBron, that's where the backbone, you lose the backbone. You lose your backbone as a player, man, and, and now you just become a role player. You know, speaking of skill, you play with a guy like Kevin Garnett during your time with Timberwolves. Did he ever have talks about, oh, about LeBron being this good as he is right now? Or, you know, because he has a competitive fire. He comes from that old school background of guys who, you know, stick with one team until that time where he got traded to the Celtics, of course. But did you ever have conversations in the in the locker room about when you're facing LeBron or guys like Melo and Wade, like, you know, these guys are, are going to be good or, or they're really hard to stop and things like that? No, I mean, I think the media puts overemphasis on how good LeBron really is because me personally, I think Kevin Durant is the star of the league. I think he's been the star of the league without all the media hype that LeBron has gotten. Um, and he just won a championship. When we, we were able to see head up KD versus LeBron James without the hype and KD won hands down. So um, LeBron, he gets hyped just because he came out of high school and he had that whole LeBron era thing and the stats the stats pushes him above everyone else. Um, but you take that stuff away, man, it's a lot of talented guys still in the league that are better than him. You think, uh, you know, because you said the media, of course, they talk about LeBron, and sometimes it's even hard to tell him he's accountable for what he does. But I always figure, like, stats aren't everything. And, you know, he's 3-5 and five in the finals, and you, you could get you could make a case of, you know, because of teams that he's faced that, it could, be, it could have been worse, depending on when Ray Allen made that three-point shot and Irving making the shot against the Warriors. But for LeBron's legacy, if if Irving gets traded, does this affect him in any way? Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think so. Not when, not when you're talking about stats. You're talking about stats. LeBron James is going to be in the top three conversation every single time. But when you're talking about skills and you're talking about will to win, determination, being a, a late-game clutch performer, LeBron James has a long, long, long way to go. And I think that's where that's where your your greatness is, is being compared to, is, is, is when the championships are on the line and the last shot to be taken, are you Michael Jordan, are you Kobe Bryant? And LeBron James hasn't showed us that at all. 
I mean, I think he's more magic if anything. I don't like this whole comparison with him and Jordan and Kobe because the, the difference between those those two players is that well, actually Kobe and Jordan between between him them and LeBron is that they have the killer instinct in them and their scores. And LeBron's more of a passer. I think he's he's more magic in my eyes. I know a lot of people will argue because he has to be compared to the to the goat and he has all these stats in the playoffs and everything. But I I just see him more as magic if anything. Absolutely, I agree. I've always agreed and. The only thing separates him from Magic is his athleticism. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you think about that, I mean, he's a leader. He's a floor leader. He's a facilitator. And, you know, you'd be stupid to say that if LeBron James would be able to win championships if he didn't have such a watered-down league or guys that wasn't really as competitive as they used to be. I think his ability as a scorer and as a, as a passer – still can get him championships if he's on the right team. You know, I think that we give him uh, a lot more credit as a dominant player than we think that he belongs on the team by himself. But he needs players around him to win. He's not one of those takeover guys. He needs guys around him. I, I don't like uh, – I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think he'd hang too well in the 90s with the flopping. I mean, I know he's gotten – he does it less now. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, – I, I gotta be honest, man. Like my favorite players in the league were that because of how tough they were. I never saw Kobe flop. I never saw Iverson flop. I saw these dudes play through injuries. I saw Kobe yep. snap his Achilles, walk to the bench, walk back to the free throw line, sink two free throws, then walk to the locker room with a torn Achilles. I've seen LeBron carried off the court for having a cramp. I, I I can't do it. I can't. I can't. Wow. This, this can't be my hero. I, I I'm sorry. I just can't do it. You're right. I agree, bro. I've had the same conversation with a lot of the Kobe haters. Um, <laughs> haters. That just toughness. Overall toughness, man. Overall toughness, man. Never a flop. Always Kobe was always the guy wanting to guard the other the, the other best player. Like you mm-hmm. don't see that with. Uh, you don't see LeBron like, no, 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 I got a coach. He's not going to score. Like, that's what we need out of our heroes. Well, at least mine. That's what I need out of my heroes. I can't I can't speak for some of these <laughs> other folks. I, the first time right, I saw right. – and I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan. The first time I saw LeBron flop against Tyson Chandler – in in, in the, the in the Eastern Conference, I, I dog, I lost my mind. And, and then he turned around and winked. He fell to the ground like he got shot. And then this this last time with with um, Draymond Green and all the nonsense he was yeah. causing with him, like I, I can't I can't do it. I just can't do it. You can't do it. I can't, can't I can't it, get man. behind I'm, that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, we're cut from a different cloth, man. And and, and a lot of guys that uh, that I associate with that are are, are like Hall of Famer, elite guys. They don't get with it either, man. It's just a certain type of a hooper mentality, and and flopping and taking charges. We would rather we rather get dunked on to take a charge, man. All right, so you know, let's focus now on the big three and itself. Like, you know, you're part of this league. Do you talk with all these guys in the big three about the NBA or even about the league itself and how you know terrific it is for fans to see you guys play and and, and even though it's half court, it's not full court, but it's still entertaining. Yeah, man, we all we all have conversations about it, you know, and uh, about the similarities of the league. But uh, we we have a high understanding that uh, the big three gives us as players a lot more freedom, you know, business wise. It gives us freedom business wise. It gives us freedom amongst each other, camaraderie to see each other and, and be able to spend more time as, as players to get understandings about what we're doing and what we want to do with the future and um, the competitive nature of it. I mean, we're out there competing. We're trying to take each other's heads off for sure. Y- y'all are not playing. I'm watching these games. This this is this is not lightweight stuff. Y'all are, this is not uh this is not the all star game. Y'all are really going in. Yeah, absolutely. And then that's what the, the misconception coming in was they thought it was gonna be like an all star game and we're just gonna be putting up shots but guys. Guys at this level, once you see a ball on the court and you see other guys that you've been wanting to, to cut throat for years and years, you know, you, you immediately did the reaction is to go at them. It's just to go at them. And, and, and as a as an offensive guy, if you got somebody going at you, you got to play defense. And that's just the reaction. We, we're just very competitive. 
Well, you're averaging like 18 point. 18.8 points a game, so you're doing pretty good in the, in the league. Now, you know, your next game is in Dallas, and it's against the Ghost Ballers, and you're against Mike Bibby, Rick Davis, Joe Smith, those guys. You guys are going to feel like you're going to be undefeated uh, this weekend? We hope so, man. We know that they're one of the toughest teams in the league. Uh, Mike Bibby's leading the league in four-point shots, and then they got Ricky Davis and Marcus Banks, who are definitely scrappy defenders and uh, well-known offensive players. So we got our hands full, but uh, we, we got something up our sleeve as well. Tell me about more about your community, like you being involved in the community. I know you were involved in the Chicago community. Are you going to be more involved in the Dallas community with the kids and everything and the sport and all that? Well, every city that we've been in from Brooklyn uh, up into Dallas right now, all five, um, has been community uh, initiatives um, based on Per diem for po- per diem for poverty is a foundation we're working with, and yeah. uh, it's a do your part initiative. Uh, do your part initiative is a community campaign that we're throwing around for all athletes to be a part and help in the community to do your part. And um, we just want to take advantage of letting the, the kids know that if you keep working hard and you keep treating people right, staying positive, good things will happen to you. So we want to keep bringing that positive energy to them. And where can people go um, to, you know, be part of the, you know, the, the, the even the collection that you have right here? Um, it's uh, Do Your Part uh, Limited Edition Collection. It's like $28. Where can people go with that? Yeah, people can go uh, on my Instagram page, at Rashad McCann, yep. and uh, hashtag Do Your Part. And uh, that qualifies you to be, uh, be a part of the campaign and the initiatives and gives you an opportunity to win a shirt. That's that's cool, man. That's really good. And it's good, especially for the community and everything. I, I have to ask you this this last question before I let you go. You know, we did talk about the NBA and this and that. You, you look at this off season, and you've probably been a part of four off seasons the NBA. Have you seen anything like this? Where th- it looks like the off season looks better than the regular season. Uh, repeat the question one more time. No, I'm saying like, have you ever seen like in the NBA where the off season is better than the regular season? <laughs> uh, never, never, never. I think with all the transactions, all the free agency, um, once the NBA season sets in, I think the trend is becoming that we're just going to wait for the playoffs to see what really happens to be excited again because, you know, everyone's on each other's team now. It's, it's pretty much a boring cake walk up until the playoff time, and then, then it gets real. And then we can get excited again. But up until then, it's just, we wait for summer basketball, or summer basketball is waiting for us. All right, I let, uh, all right. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it for you being on the show, and also, you know, you guys can watch the game on Monday because we're recorded from Sunday's game. So, thank you for being on the show, and also about talking about your community and do your part foundation. Everybody can follow him on Instagram at Rashad McCanns. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. All right, peace. So, yeah, you know, it's it's interesting stuff, man. I mean, you know, for me personally, when I saw um, him in North Carolina, you know, him being part of that Ray Felton team, which I still kind of – because I started following North Carolina team and squad and everything. It was kind of cool seeing him play and all that. And, he, and you know, he had a short career because, you know, he had injuries and all that. But he was still – like he told us before, like all the old school players and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's different from this generation. I think something has to do with social media as well. And I feel like – Maybe back then, if social media was existing, like in the 1990s and 2000s, maybe players would be acting different as well. well no one knows for sure. But, you know, yeah. that what if question, really? I mean, I, for me, it's just, I just, you're right. You can't really do that because the game is different. For me, it's more the eyeball test. You know what I mean? If you were yeah. watching basketball in the 90s and you're watching it now in 2017, you see some striking differences and just the physical, the overall physicality in in the place, and you got to try and figure from that perspective. You got to try and figure who would be able to hang, not necessarily like who would be able to just do their thing and and excel, but who would be able to just keep up. I think Steph would be great because he's a perimeter shooter, and we've already seen him with uh, Ramon Maouf. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah short kid. He was he was the, the exact player, yeah. same way. Yeah, for a short for a short stint. It's also in the big three. Prime, those in the big three too. Yeah, but look, look, you know, look at his stats. Look what he was doing back then. He was an outside shooter. He dribbled. He ran around people, and he popped a shot in their face, and he shot it from all kinds of places, and he shot it from range. So with that as a blueprint, 
all you're seeing is the evolution of that with Steph Curry. Steph is a little faster. Steph shoots a little faster. He's bigger too right now. Who Steph? Yeah, he's gotten bigger. Yeah, okay. compared to him a few years ago when he faced the Cavaliers the first time. Ever since that, he actually got much. Yeah, bigger. He's, he's put on some, but he's I don't know if he's strength. bigger than uh, Ramon. No, I don't think he's bigger than Ramon. No, that, that's no. that's my whole point. Yeah. Like you know, I think he'd be able to do his thing just fine. But LeBron is an inside player. He runs the lane. I think he'd get clobbered. Yeah. I think people like Malone and and Barkley and and just David Robinson. I think those dudes would would manhandle him. I think Ewan would Nick like the Pistons too. Oh God! Oh God! He come out with stitches. Yeah, but he's a he's a physical specimen too, LeBron. Yeah, but he's soft. He may be soft from in terms of his personality, but I'm saying physically, like I, I know, like I, I don't I, know, it's kind of hard. No, no, no. Physically, the the he's like yeah. made out of wood. That's, or, that's what I'm saying. Something. It's a little. I mean, they could hit him hard. It probably won't affect him as much. I don't. I don't. But thing. see, I don't think he's in that much pain when he's flopping. That's my whole point. <laughs> I don't think he's in any real pain when he's flopping. And he I did agree think, with you on that part. You know, yeah, oh, dude, flopping. It's the truth. The, yeah. It's the truth. They're not making things up, and that's from a ball player. I, I don't play ball. I don't play basketball. I've never played basketball. I, I suck at basketball. I just watch the hell out of it, and I know what I know from watching. Now, I don't know the inside, so I defer to people who actually play when I start bringing stuff up, and I say, like, man, that looks really soft. That looks really suspect. Now, if he'd have turned around and said, no, it's actually super smart because you have to be able to get in people's heads and you can disrupt them off their game. And had he said something like that, I would have come. I'd never have that argument again. But the fact that he just agreed with me, I'm never gonna stop having that argument, dude. Like you do know, also like if you play street ball, you can't really flop because there's no foul. I mean, there's foul, but then you just get the ball back and this and that. But still, like compared to street ball and like a regular game, you can't really do that stuff because it just literally knock you out probably the next. Yeah, the your court. shoes are it's like different. Your shoes different. are someplace else. Yeah, it's more physical anyway in street ball than regular game because you don't get any foul calls or anything. But you know, and he also he also says something about you know the big three and how it's competitive and everything and his next games in Dallas against the Ghost Ballers and they're undefeated the trilogy because he is leading the team I think I believe in scoring right now and I've seen some of his highlights and he looks more fresh than all the other players because you know everybody's older and stuff but the team's been playing well um he also you know being part of the community initiatives that almost in every state that they've been and I think that's nice for, for them to do that to give back you know support against poverty doing do your part hashtag do your part which can be on instagram you can follow him on instagram as well at rashad mccann's so i I thought that was really nice of him to do that and also with all the other players because you know the big three right now it's more of like that whole i would say like just buying time for the football season to start for for the nba season to start like in a couple of weeks most likely like because after the big threes you got september and basketball is going to be, be talked about again because, you know, training camps are on their way. And then you got the NFL season. So, um, me personally, I, I look at that league, and I think it's just good for the people to watch because they're looking for basketball players, all these older players being part of the league and mm-hmm. contributing. And, there's, you know, it's not that many rules. You know, you halftime is like 25, and then you win the game, you get over 50, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, it's entertaining. I think uh, it's something that could be ongoing, possibly for next summer, if other players start to join. And uh, I'm happy for him because you know, like he he didn't really have a, a career like that in NBA, in four years, but he made the best out of it. And then being part of this, I don't know if this is like maybe something that can be worked at where he can maybe try out for another team, maybe for the G League or something else. But I think I'm I'm happy for Rashad. Me too. Me too. And I. I honestly hope he gets his chance. And I know he's only thirty-two. I feel like he has he can have another opportunity if somebody gives him that. I mean, if you're scoring eighteen points again, like you can yeah. be on someone's, you can come, you can be a six man and yeah. come do your thing. If you're if you're a scorer like that, a part of an undefeated squad, I don't know why any team in the league wouldn't be looking at him to fill some spots. Yeah, I mean, and who doesn't need a veteran presence? Exactly. So I I don't I don't I don't know the mentality of these of these dudes. Yeah, it's cool though. And also, you know, he's very knowledgeable about the game. You can tell that he, he knows what he's talking about. And the one thing that caught my attention, really, was uh, Durant being a star, like being the guy. He's better than LeBron or something like that. And they also said that Melo is more skilled than LeBron. Now, uh, that's, that that's argument, that. Who knows? Now, that argument, I've heard that a lot because the way I see it is we know what Melo could be when he's older because he's skilled. 
But you know what LeBron could be when he's older because he's always relying on his athleticism and this and that. So I want it'll be interesting to see what LeBron will be like when he's not as athletic, when he has to rely more on smarts and skills. Um, yeah, like you see Melo, he is skilled in the post and footwork most of the time. Well, you see LeBron is more, you know, going at you like a freight train. I mean, he is strong and he is skilled too. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to see that he says that Melo is more skilled than him. And he's interesting to also say that Durant is better than LeBron right now because mm-hmm. you know he won a championship and uh, he he looks more younger and fresher. I mean, uh, people are gonna say, well, LeBron did this and that, and he has these stats to back it up. Well, stats don't bring all of that up because if you win your games and you win championships and and sometimes you don't have a losing record, then you'd probably be better than what you are. But right now, LeBron is three and five, and Durant is one and one right now, and Stephen Curry is two and one right now, and along with Draymond Green, Thompson, and those guys. So, yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see that if Durant could suddenly now be the face of the NBA or is I don't LeBron think so. there. Oh, you think, think LeBron is still LeBron? I think I think LeBron is still the face of the NBA. What makes you say that? You know, with all this stuff happening right now. I mean, because because. I think most of what's happening is a big deal because it's happening to him. I think the hype behind him is still bigger than the hype behind anybody else, which unfortunately in this league counts. It does. Um, so that's pretty much it. I, I think he's still the face of the league. I, let me see. See... I would agree in, in to this extent because of what he's done over the past like years of his dominance in the Eastern Conference and this and that. But slowly, it's like it's going towards the Warriors being the face of the league of their dominance. Because you can make the case they would have had a three-peat if you know Green gets suspended, we go out and get this, if Bogdan wasn't injured, if Curry was healthy, this and that. And yeah, you know, they went all the way to the finals the seven games and I know all that stuff, but then the prize was getting the rent off season and that changed everything for them basically. The Warriors now can win like the next two championships for all we know mm-hmm. and be ha ha actual three P. It'll be like probably the third team, probably fourth team in history to have a three P. Or the Timberwolves could come out of nowhere. Well, which they could, but like we said before, you know, you have all these all stars be coming together, but it doesn't result into wins, you know. You got to have the chemistry, too. Right. And you got to have the time where you know each other and you got to sacrifice roles. That's what, the Warriors, that's what makes the Warriors so special is that they, these guys can all lead a team if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. But they, they figure, you know what, let's just play together. Even though they were drafted and then they added the rent. They just play together and let's just win championships. We don't care about stats like that. You know, we, we just, as long as we win games and we do this and that, we have a chance to do something special. I mean, these guys are all like 28, 29. Uh to, to me, Durant going to the Warriors is like Alex Rodriguez going to the Yankees or something like that because the Yankees were already good already, and he went there, and he made them kind of better either way. But, you know, Durant's more skill, and he's won MVP. He's won scoring titles. So it's all going to change. But I want to now focus now about this Kyrie Irving situation because, you know, after the show Friday, um, they were breaking news saying Kyrie Irving wants to be traded and get out of it. That was last year. Mm-hmm. and when I, I mean, that was last week. And when I heard that, I was like, my goodness, what, what's what's going on here? He wants to be traded, wants to get out of here. I thought it was a smart move. I thought it was because LeBron is showing up in, in L.A. watching um, L- Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. Ball play, and he's only there for one more year, and all this other nonsense. Like, yeah, if I was Kyrie, I wouldn't wait. to Listen, you were the man before LeBron showed up. Then LeBron showed up, and all of a sudden, he became the man, and it, and it completely and totally became his team. Now he's talking about leaving again, and you just gonna be stuck in Cleveland. <laughs> no, I wouldn't That's do true. that. If, I wouldn't do that if I was him either. I wouldn't stick around and wait for like if 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 LeBron hasn't even thought to come to you and say, "Hey, look, little bro, I'm about to get out of here. You you need to start looking out for yourself." You know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm Kyrie, I'm not gonna wait another uh, wait around another year just to make you comfortable when my time to go is now. My time to go is now. I don't. I who knows what it's gonna look like next year. I can go someplace right now and, and start building so we can knock off whatever team you decide to go join. I'm not going to stick around for a whole nother year just biding my time, waiting for you to leave, try and get another ring against a team we haven't been able to beat. I'm not doing that. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go someplace where I can get rich and famous, where I can be the man, where I don't have to play under you. You're not talking about sticking around, so 
What am I waiting for? I'm going to wait for you to leave and then try and leave behind you? No, I'm going to leave now. What? Why would I do that? I'm going to go establish myself now. I'm going to go get my career started and, and become the man someplace else. Let me go over to New York where they got this nice young core they're building. And let me go play with Christoph Porzingis. You know what I mean? Like, let yeah. Let me see what I can figure out over there. They'll get someone. They they got rid of Phil Jackson. They got all this other stuff happening. Let me go there. I'm with that, B. I'm 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 completely on Kyrie's side. I wouldn't wait around for LeBron to make his moves either. I mean, I, I, it makes sense because you don't want to be like Dwayne Wade where he was just left by LeBron and then basically the Heat weren't the same again, even though they, they did make the playoffs like two years ago with, with the roster that they have without Chris Bosh basically because if Bosh was there, they, they, I mean, you can make the case that if they went to the Eastern Conference Finals they had a threat against the Cavaliers. But, yeah, like LeBron does whatever he wants. He wants to be the one who controls everything. And then that's why you see Stephen A., going against him right now you know all this he's not backing down for what lebron's doing or anything he, like he, he doesn't matter saying it's fake news well you know as a journalist when you report something that's true and facts and you have to all support it's not fake news okay that's just reporting that's just what it is you may not like it or not but that's just the way it is and, mm-hmm. and people gotta understand that like this this isn't pr where you you try to make somebody look good and then you know you're being basically lying about things this is basically pure sports journalism that Stephen A was doing and I have respect for that a lot because uh, I hate it when this whole thing, you're going to try and make a player look good and, and LeBron thinks he control everything. Like even a few months ago, he was saying about Frank, I saw his report about Melo going to the Cavaliers and he's saying, oh, you know, that that's just crap article and this and that is not true or any of that. Like LeBron's got to understand something. You know, you may be controlling everything, but this situation right now, you're shocked about what Irving's trying to do. But it's also, it pretty much just builds up to what LeBron is, which is, he thinks he has to control everything. He has to be the man of, of, of the team, of the town, of, you know, Cleveland, this and that. No one can say anything about him because he gets all sensitive. He's never accountable for his actions because a lot of LeBron, LeBron apologists will say, you know, he had all these stats, so he should, Irving should even be saying this and this and that because he made him to the final, you know, took him to the finals for like three straight years. Well... I don't necessarily agree with that because it's always going to be about LeBron. And also, you he has to be blamed at some extent for what he's been doing. Right. Absolutely. Like These are your that, choices. Exactly. We're, 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 we are, as the Cleveland Cavaliers, where we are because of the things you've done. Yeah. So, here we are. And there's always drama wherever he goes. Like, literally. Where, if he goes to Miami, it's always been drama about, oh, is, is he going to stay of oh, this, this team? And then he left Miami and he went back to Cleveland. Like, sometimes I feel like... LeBron has his immaturity in him at certain moments. And these are one of the moments right now where you see that immaturity because he does he thinks that he's untouchable because of what his stats are and, and his finals and his, his MVPs and this and that. No one can say anything about that. Well, there's much more than that. Like like you said, it's stuff off the court that really people bug you about. And, like, for instance, Tristan, when he had an argument with Tristan Thompson in one of the games and this and that, and then – on Irving in the game against the Suns, I believe he was like arguing like he was like a child or something like that, like yeah, yeah. things like that. That's why people don't want to play with him uh-huh. because like you're just being a drama queen most of the time. You you always complain about things. For instance, like you wanted a playmaker, like thinking the team stinks. Like every year, it's always the same thing with LeBron. Every single year, <clears throat> we need more help. We need this and that. Oh, we need a center. Oh, we need a small four. Oh, I need I need the ten Hall of Famers on my team. Oh, this and that. Like, just play with what you got, man. Just man up and play with what you got. Don't complain to the front office. Or the very yet, don't complain in the media because that makes worse. That makes it worse for the for the front office to try and make a decision on trying to improve the team. That's why Irving was fed up about it. But he was also fed up to the fact that two years ago he wanted Irving to be traded from Paul. You know, basically he wanted Paul, so he wanted to trade Irving. So they want to do like a, a switch, basically, mm-hmm. and. I get it. You want to do your little banana boat crew. You want Paul. You want Wade. You want Melo. This and that. You always had. You always said about it, it could happen and this and that. Possibly by next year and two years from now, whatever. But it's just like LeBron's got to understand that you got to be accountable for what you did. And, and now this is what's happening with Irving now. Now he wants to either go to New York, go to Miami, or San Antonio, or Timberwolves right now. And it's all because of LeBron. Um, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. I don't care how it makes him look. To me, to be honest. Um, I'm completely glad that that's the move he decided to make. I'm glad that he decided to get out of a situation where he wasn't com- 
he wasn't comfortable. And more than anything else, I'm just glad that he decided not to wait for LeBron to make a move to dictate his fate. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, how I, I really feel yeah. about it. Like, LeBron's got one year left, and he's already chilling watching L.A. play. That's wildly disrespectful. Like, okay, well, if I'm Kyrie, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You, you're showing all signs that you're not coming back. Well, he kind of showed that after he, he was frustrated with Griffin being out as Cavaliers general manager. And also, like you say, he went to the Lakers game to see Lonzo Ball. Yeah, so if you're like, doing that... There were signs that he was going to leave. So if, if that's what's happening, and you and I haven't had a conversation... And, and here's the other thing. I don't feel like Kyrie... I don't feel like it's Kyrie's responsibility to go to LeBron and say, Hey, what are you doing? I think it's LeBron's responsibility to come to Kyrie and say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Or even tell the whole team. If this is what I got in mind. This is probably what's going to happen. Y'all need to start looking out for yourselves. Yeah, it's just ridiculous, man. I, I I have no sympathy for LeBron right now. I just, yeah, I don't get it. Like, I don't know why people are now, you know, LeBron apologists backing up LeBron, like already making the biggest mistake because he's going to leave finals and money and shoes and branding and all that stuff. But sometimes it's just like, for instance, for businesses in general, like when you work with a certain group, and you just want to move out of them because you want to do your own thing or you want to go somewhere else. That's just a business. Everything's yep. business. No, but LeBron takes it personal when it's business that affects but it, him. But it shouldn't be personal because it, it's your it, fault. It never is. It <laughs> it's never his is. fault. It's he his doesn't fault. want it to be personal when he does it. Yeah, exactly. Remember, remember when he joined Miami and then he came back to play Cleveland and they had that moment with him and I think it was Mo, Mo Williams. Yeah. And they were on the court. Mo just kind of walked past him and was like, yo, get out of my face, something like that, like beat it or something, said something to him. Yeah. And LeBron stood there like, oh, oh what's wrong with him? Yeah, because you don't want to take it personal, but the way you did everybody, they, they took it personal. Well, now, this these are the moves people learn from you. Yeah, and then you do stuff like when you were in Miami, you did the not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, well, not he seven. He was right on most of them. Yeah, because he only had two for yeah. Miami. Not one, not two, just two. <laughs> That's all you had. So th- th- those little moments, like, like people forget about these moments because they – they they automatically elevate him to Jordan status for some reason. I don't understand why. Like you seem like Jordan is undefeated in the finals, but he's also not the guy who's gonna leave ship to another team and also does all this drama. His drama is basically you gotta play harder than you know as much as I am. That's basically mm-hmm. his drama. Like I know you heard stories about him punching people in the locker room or punching people in practice because he's so competitive and he wants to win this and that. And LeBron's all friendly and most of his practices and but. That's why this team suck when they leave. When he leaves, the mm-hmm. team suck because he's the system. He's the guy. He's basically Peyton Manning of the NBA because Peyton Manning had this in NFL. You know, he, he controls everything on offense. He's the guy. He's the coordinator. He's the coach on the field. That's what Peyton Manning is. Right. And to some extent, it's almost like a curse if you have all that because that means that you don't really know how you will be if you're like just a role player or if you just knew what you had to do. Like, that's why Brady has success in the NFL because he's a quarterback, but he's also part of a system. and He's part of a culture, a, a military type of culture in Belichick where we have a no-nonsense policy, basically. And, you know, Brady's, you know, he, he has arguments with Belichick, but most of the time it's just a Belichick about everything because he's the guy, he's the man in charge and everything. And then you have, like, Greg Popovich and his system and his policy and his, his culture. His culture mm-hmm. is basically... No egos. Right. Which is what interesting to see why Irving picked the Spurs. Because basically he's telling you he sacrifices the ego for winning. But from what I heard, he wants to come to New York. Oh, yeah. I heard reports that he wants to come here so badly. Yeah. Well, I hope he does. Isn't and he from Jersey? Yeah, he's from Jersey. Um, He has Snapchat saying, I'm coming home. Because he wants to go home with the Knicks. All right. Well, let him, let him come on down. But the thing is, with that scenario, I don't know if it's going to happen. Because it's all mellow right now, really. I think mellow's really stopping them from trading... You know him to to go to Cleveland and Irving coming here. It's really him because he wants to go to Houston so bad. Like Houston's the the answer to him winning a title. Which is why we need. It, which is why they're talking about bringing in another team. Well, they gotta bring the Suns in my opinion. I think the Suns are the only team because then you can have Bledsoe and Melo be part of the Cavaliers and then Irving going to the, to the New York. Irving and, and then who? I think it's Shumper for some reason. That's what I've been hearing. Irving and Shumper to to the Knicks. Which I don't I don't want Shumper though. I don't, I don't want Shump back. I take Smith before I took Shumper. <laughs> I think I'll take 
Uh, I take Kyle Culver. How about that? I need a shooter. Just give me yeah. Kyle Culver. Get a new Novak. I'm with that. Yeah, just just give me a shooter off the bench and, and see if you give me some points. But I I don't want Shumpert. See, the thing about Shumpert and Smith is that they have awful contracts. Yeah. And oh, whose whose fault is that? It's LeBron's fault. That's yeah. why. Welcome to the life. Another another you you again gave the Cleveland Cavaliers assets that are like untradeable. Or yeah. Like way way over their value. The Kardashian curse is affecting Tr- Tristan Thompson apparently. Ah, that's disgusting. And no, McCann say he doesn't believe it, or maybe to some extent it could be true. You never know. But tr- yeah, the Thompson thing, another deal of LeBron. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want Tristan Thompson. Me neither. As a New Yorker, I wouldn't. Nah, I don't I, want I, him I'm either. I'm cool with Herman Gomez, and and um. You're being paid twenty million to rebound when you got out rebounded by Stephen Curry in the finals. Yeah, I'm cool on that. So I think that's the solution to say, you know what, you're just not good. <laughs> I'd rather have Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, I don't have a son white side because yeah. he could block and score. Yeah, he's actually about that life. Yeah, he's actually a good. He's actually, I think he's like a top five center in my opinion. I don't know. Get somebody else involved, man. Let's get this done. Like I, I would love for to find a way for Melo to play with Kyrie, but I guess that's just no, not, not gonna happen. That's not even in the cards. We probably can't even afford them both. And Knicks can't even trade Porzingis either if they wanted to because they don't want to trade Porzingis. That he's would the be future. stupid. Yeah, he's yeah, the that future. Would be stupid. They want to pair him up with Kyrie Irving and see how far and they I, can go. And I think that would be. I think that's optimal. Yeah. I think that's the best case scenario. And the Knicks will have their best point guard since, like, God knows how long. Since, like, Stefan Marbury, when he was actually good with the Knicks before everything goes south because D'Antoni and stuff. Went to crap, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the LeBron thing, like, oh, Thompson's deal was bad. Shumper's deal was bad. Smith's deal was that. And he also wanted to get Darren Williams. Like, Darren Williams was washed up. He might even, not even come back. Now they got Derrick Rose now on some one-year $2.3 million deal. Is that the veterans minimum? Yeah. Basically, you're telling me that he's gonna play like 60 games and probably get injured again, or you know, coming. He can't. I don't think he could start. I don't think Derrick Rose should start. Even if if Irving leaves, I don't think Derrick Rose should start. They gotta get another point guard regardless. And then you also had uh, what you had Kyle Culver. You wanted Kyle Culver on your team to keep, compete with the Warriors. Right. You wanted uh, Richard Jefferson. You wanted Shannon Fry. You wanted even Derrick Williams to some extent, which he didn't even play right. for some reason because right. he's athletic. But right. the problem is you. You had all this team come together, and your team was slow as molasses against the Warriors, which is why you got exposed, which is why you had you may have one of the best offenses ever in terms of three-point shooting, this and that, but you had no speed on defense, and that was exposed. Mm-hmm. And yet, you get a pass sometimes. Most of the time, you get a pass for what you do. And sometimes, I think with this Irving thing, it just sums up to what you truly are, is that you when you see something that's not your way, you think it's not your fault. But when it is, you know, you want people to appreciate for what you created, and right now it's just going a mess right now. Right. It's, going, it's coming to a, to a conclusion that LeBron's going to leave Cleveland, leave them to a dust, and it's probably going to just be Kevin Love and, and a bunch of scrubs. They should trade him. Kevin Love too? They should trade him. If LeBron's going to leave... Don't just let him do what he did before, where he leaves and you get no value for the most valuable player in the league. Trade him to someone. You can pretty much trade LeBron for a whole squad. If Melo was worth four starters, was it four starters? Mozgov, I don't think, was a starter, but he was starter-level material. If you can trade Melo for four starters, you can trade LeBron for five. You can get, like, a whole squad. But LeBron doesn't want to be traded. That's not even, the point. He even stated in, in, Does he have a no-trade clause? Yeah, he has a no-trade clause. Whoops. One so of the, much for that. One of the three players that have no-trade clause, him, Dirk, and Melo. So, he doesn't want to be traded. Dirk Nowitzki? Yeah, he has no-trade clause. They, they, oh, man, that's foul because they were supposed to pay Dirk more money. Yeah, they were. His final year, they should have gave him more bread. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I think he won a title. I think he... You know, he just wanted to maybe play for contending, but it's kind of hard for him because no one wants to really go to Dallas like that. I would I would have given Dirk more money. I would have too. I think he's done enough for the franchise. Yeah, I'd have sent him out of here. I, even if it's one year, I'd have like. What did he get? He wasn't even one year. It was it two? Right? It was two years. Like uh, I think twenty million each year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, nah. I'd have, I'd have, you'd have had to double that. I'd have, I'd have made sure that Dirk walking out of here would have you know saw that Kobe, <laughs> that Kobe. Kobe number. Kobe contract for all he's done. But when he left, yeah, when he left, Kobe got with that that last two years, he signed for like some good money. And a lot of, but a lot of owners are now avoiding that deal where they want to pay somebody who's old like that a lot of money, even though they've done a lot of stuff for them. Yeah, you can't, you can't like that's why D Wade isn't isn't finishing his career in Miami. No, and they did that to him. They 
Pat Riley was supposed to come through with that bread. He was he, supposed to drop off the money. He was supposed to, but he saw about the Kobe deal done, and he doesn't want to end up like with, with that situation. But, with where Wade. else? I mean, come on. Listen, while I get that, the overall is you're not beating Golden State right now. You're no one's have beating to re- Golden State. Even when Houston had Melo, they right. still won't beat Golden State. You're going to have to retool anyway. If, you're, if your name is not the Spurs, You've got no shot, as far as I'm concerned. Who doesn't have a shot? They could get swept for all we know next final. I, I think. I think if all I'm saying is they got the best chance. I'm not saying they're gonna do well, it. Well, they got the best chance if they have a historical night like they did in Game Four. If they have a historical game like that on that night where they they had like 25 free throws in the first quarter and they shot like what 60 something percent and everyone was making like every single three point shot of faders and in your face shots. And LeBron was going off as well. Yeah, you have a shot. But that likelihood of that happening again in every single game in that series is never going to happen. And that's why I said, like, Cleveland, if they even make it back to the finals, do you really have a shot against the Warriors? But see, no. No. First of all, no. (laughs) Second of all, that was my whole point as far as Miami was concerned. You might as well pay D-Wade and let him go out in the blaze of glory and keep him till he retires. You might as well because you're not getting anything right now where you're going to beat you know what I mean? If, yeah. if I'm everybody, I'm chilling. If I'm the <laughs> owners, I'm ch- I'm not I'm not panicking and making a bunch of moves. I'm basically doing what the Knicks are doing. You get a bunch of young guys, and you just work on development, and you work on getting them decent. You work on getting them good, and then you work on getting them great. You know what I mean? And you yeah. add along the way, but you get a core that you can really work around, and maybe you can see Golden State eventually. But seeing what Golden State was doing and what Cleveland was doing, they were supposed to give D-Wade that money. They never should have let him walk out the door and go to Chicago. Because what are you saving the money for? Who do you think is showing up? You had LeBron, he left. Chris Bosh is now an afterthought. Yeah. What do you, what exact, who do you exactly do you think is coming to Miami that you're going to need the money for? Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant made his choice. <laughs> no. Goran Hayward was supposed to apparently come, but he went to the Celtics. Right. You're not getting Blake Griffin. Like what? what so what are you doing? Spend him, give Wade what he's earned, because he took a pay cut when you, you know, to make the move, and he got you LeBron, basically. He got LeBron and Chris Bosh to come down there and got you those rings. So what are you doing? And he got you a ring before any of that happened with Shaq. Shaq was a shadow of himself. Yeah, it wasn't even the same. So he got you an extra ring there. Like, come on, man. You got to do right by that dude. You can't, like, Pat Riley, I never look at him the same way for that. I think Wade's going to go back to Miami, though, somehow. I think the Bulls are going to, like, buy him out. Then Wade ends up back in Miami and probably closes his deal of like two years, three years, and then probably that's it. That's what I think. Because even if they try to do this banana boat crew, he's going to be like, what, 36, 37? Yeah. But like, like 30, I, I, what is he, like 34 right now? I don't 35? think he's going to, I don't think in that, in that turn, I don't think he's going to start. No, he's going to come off the bench. Yeah. But I think, I see, I'm happy to have all four of those guys playing on one squad, even if they are a shadow of like, they're going to get crushed by the Warriors. But see, that's not a point of shame anymore. Everybody's going to get crushed <laughs> by the Warriors. You can't say, I wouldn't say anything about that with anybody. Everybody's going to get crushed by the Warriors, so there's no shame in that. All the rest of us are going to get crushed by the Warriors. Maybe a couple of us will have some good nights where we beat them. The only people who should be pissed off when they get crushed by the Warriors, is my, in my opinion, are the Spurs. I think the Spurs have the best overall shot because I don't sleep on Popovich. I don't sleep on Kawhi Leonard either. And I don't sleep on Kawhi Leonard. But I never sleep on Popovich. So with that said, and, and even they get handled by the, by Golden State whenever Golden State feels like it. So I don't think I don't think anybody needs to be in a rush to win right now. Which is unfortunate for dudes like Melo and Wade and Chris Paul, because they have to, you know, and, and CP3, because you have to kind of wait. I think this is the Golden State's era. I think. This is especially what the Bulls were in the 90s. Yeah. I think this Cleveland. I think Cleveland getting getting that one win was a fluke. It was. I don't think it was. I don't think it was because they were a better team. I think because Steph was hurt and there was a couple of Green things that went happening. Yeah, Green. I think that was a fluke. <laughs> I think they are the new Bulls. And I think for the next five, six years. They're going to have it on Smash. And I think everybody just needs to get young and wait it out at this point. I think we've seen this already. I think this is what it was with the Bulls. You you can try and compete. The Knicks had a chance back then. You know what I mean? There were certain teams who, you know, could do Houston. 
Yeah, the Rockets back then with Hakeem Olajuwon when he was in his when he was in his prime. Yeah, there's a couple of teams who you know had a shot, had a puncher's chance. But I think when when you see a team this dominant, you just gotta wait it out. I mean, it'll be interesting though if that Irving does end up with the Knicks though, because like we said before, we didn't pair up with Porzingis or Herman Gomez with uh, with Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, with that group and some other pieces, like they can start something. I think they could be a legit playoff contender. I think they could be in the week Eastern Conference. They could be at least a six seed, maybe a fifth seed. Sure. Um, you know, that, that's a young core, and they can grow together. I mean, you got a shooter, you got a you got a post up guy who can shoot threes too. You got a score in Irving and who could probably because we don't even know what Irving could be. Like his stats to Kobe is is, is kind of scary to see. Like, the first couple of years, like, when, when Kobe was with Shaq and now Irving was with LeBron. Now he says comparison about LeBron and then Irving are like Shaq and Kobe. You know, these two talented players and one dominant monster force and one skill guy, you know, like that. Um, you know, Irving is first, you know, couple of years with, with LeBron, basically. But, like, overall his career, he had 21.6 points compared to Kobe's 21.8. Right, and then you had a uh, field goal percentage forty six for Irving, forty five for Bryant. Final appearances three Irving, four Kobe. Uh, field goal, you know, like percentage, like I guess points, whatever seventeen seventeen basically. Mm-hmm. So then, like, it's kind of scary to see that they're kind of even in all those categories. He would just need to be a little taller, and he'd just be better defensively too. But yeah, because Kobe was Kobe was a lockdown all defender. defender, yeah. But, like, just the way, like, these guys are, are intertwined with each other and in the situation where they wanted to be the man of the team and Irving wants to be the man of the team, whether it's either in Cleveland, well, he doesn't want to do it in Cleveland, or he wants to do it in another team. And if he goes to the Knicks, it's, I think it's something special for him to do. And I think if, if the Knicks are elevated to championship contender with him being the lead guy um, and he delivers that title, mm-hmm. I think people are going to, have a statue of him or something. For sure, you have a statue of him. And he's going to be famous around Rucker Park and all the other parks playing in the streets and everything if they won a championship. And same thing with Porzingis. Like, you know, Porzingis would be part of that, that story as well. Like, it just, it'll be it'll be great for the city if Irving does come and he just elevates them and, and they play better and, and they play within a system where, it's definitely Jeff Hornacek's system where it's all fast-paced, you know, going on the break, hitting some threes, you know, like that's Irving style, really. You know, just to break and go and go hard in the fast break, trying to score or pass the ball around everything. Mm-hmm. They'll be better because you got a shooter in Hardaway, you got Porzingis, you got Herman Gomez. You know, mm-hmm. make it work, make it work, Knicks. Yeah, please, please, please make please, it work, Jesus. Because please. no one else looks like it's gonna be an opportunity for him to either go to the Spurs or this or that. I think the Knicks are the best situation, but really, they gotta convince Melo, man. He shouldn't want to go to the Spurs. He should want to stick around. You, you, they need to convince Melo, though, somehow. Because the way I see it, like I said before, you either tell Melo, you're not gonna play for, you're not gonna play with us, so we're not gonna trade you to Houston. Mm-hmm. You either want to go Cleveland or you don't want to play at all and waste a full year, and you could be rested all you want, but you're gonna be older. So what's it gonna be? That's what they should tell him. Mm-hmm. And, and if he still wants to, you know, not go, then you know what, just waste a, a year. That's it. Ah. Uh. I'd play him. Fuck, forget it. Uh, I mean, what's the? I, I'd play him. I I wouldn't even try and play hardball with Melo at this point. My 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 negotiate my negotiating tactic with with him would be: listen, everybody's going where they're going for one year. Yeah, we just where we just want to trade you someplace for one year. And you can opt out. You can do whatever you want to do. You right. can go to Houston if you don't care. We got we got one year, dude. All you got to do is kick it, kick, go kick it with LeBron for one year. You get to play with your buddy for one year. You can play with Love. You can play with Smith. You can play with Shumper. You guys, you guys gonna have a little reunion again, a little party. You can do a little whatever you want to do. But you know, all we don't know is that even with Melo, I don't think you guys gonna have enough to beat Warriors either way, because he's gonna have to guard Durant, and Durant's just gonna kill him. And then LeBron, and then Durant can kill LeBron. So it's like, it doesn't make a difference. Durant's like the ultimate mismatch for anybody. It's just his size. Mm-hmm. Maybe Paul George, in some extent, can work on Durant, make him work harder, make him difficult because of his length and everything. And some extent, maybe Jimmy Butler, too. But, yeah, it's just, just go Cleveland. Have an opportunity to go to the finals and see what happens. Maybe you'll have a good series. Maybe you'll score, like, 30 points or something like that. And maybe you'll probably still lose. But at least you had an opportunity to get to the finals. 
So then people will be like, oh, he didn't make it to the finals and he didn't try hard or, or the team's just not that good. Because the way I see it, being New York is just going to hurt his brand. It's going to hurt himself right now. And that's what's been happening. It's like what Rashad said, you know, he should have stayed maybe in Denver and just played it out. Fans loved him there, but he wanted to go to New York. And ever since that time, everything went downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Sucks. It sucks. Well, it is what it is, man. I think that's going to do it for today's show, though. We talked a lot about the NBA and also with Rashad and the big three and, the, and community initiatives and also about the earning situation with you guys with the Knicks and all that. If he even goes to the Knicks, hopefully that happens. Maybe we'll hear it by next week or something. If Oh, he got breaking news and him going to the Knicks in this package. They probably have to trade Frank, but it is what it is. I mean, you got a point guard for like at least 10 years because he's only 25 years old. Gotta love it. And, you know, we'll talk about it, but the NFL training camp started, but preseason, we'll be talking about that probably next week because, you know, season's already underway and we're going to figure out who's contenders. Is, is the Giants going to be Super Bowl contenders? Or the Patriots going to repeat? The Jets going to be the worst team in the league? <laughs> we'll see what happens because <laughs> it's going to be an interesting NFL season. But you can follow me at Morris10. You can follow him at Mr. Mech. M R M E C C, Twitter and Instagram. Yep. And also, you can follow me on Instagram as well. And you can follow the Slam City Facebook page and Slam City on Score 316. And you can follow Rashad McCann's again on Instagram at Rashad M C C A N T S. See you next week. Peace.